Welcome to the Winged Wheel Podcast. Here to talk all things hockey are your hosts, Brad Crisco, Ryan Hanna, and Evan Lobsinger. Okay, so I know we're post uh, post game for the the game against the Lightning on Wednesday night. It's currently Wednesday eight twenty five, and predictably this episode would open with some kind of joke about us screaming or shouting. But look, I'm not going to do that because I actually have a story first. Maybe it'll lighten the mood a little bit. So what between you two? What's one thing that I constantly do? When like, uh, for example, when I put up the YouTube video, what do I go and check always, which I absolutely should not do. And you constantly tell me not to the comments. I read the comments, right? So a little bit of background, the software we record on for anyone who watches on YouTube, you'll notice there's four quadrants, three of our dumb heads, each in a quadrant. And then the fourth one, we just put a little infographic, like, like, and subscribe, by the way, like, and subscribe on YouTube. Um, and the order of that is kind of out of our control it's just a little quirk of the software we don't really care that much it is what it is so um last episode or a couple episodes ago i can't remember which it was me on the bottom left evan on the top left the blank or the infographic on the bottom right and brad at the top right and yesterday or two nights ago i go to the the youtube the the dashboard just to see how the videos are doing and i saw a most recent comment which i hadn't seen before which was <laughs> It was, I'm so upset. I finally found a Red Wings podcast that I really like, but I just cannot stand the guy in the top right. He is so damn unlikable and annoying. Ugh. And you know what? I was peeved. I was like, that's bullshit. We give Brad a hard time, but like, that's a pretty much a bit. Like, we're just, we're all really good friends and like, we're just razzing him. Like, Brad, like, I will say you do great. Like, whether you're joking around or giving analysis, like, I don't think you deserve that. I was so mad on your behalf. I was like, <laughs> what, a, what a jerk. And I was like, ugh, whatever. And I just kind of like, I forgot about it a few minutes later. And then uh, I opened the YouTube app and that video was actually open. And it was me on the top right. In the <laughs> and I was like, you son of a bitch. How dare you? Now I'm really mad. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. So for the YouTube hate watchers. Uh, you're still winning. You are getting to me. Um, and I would love to one day become the person that won't care, but uh, I'm a sucker. So on uh, that note, welcome to the Winged Wheel Podcast. I am said sucker, Ryan Hanna. And I'm Evan. And I'm Evan. <laughs> <laughs> the first Evan was Brad. The second Evan was truly Evan. Brad, I'm sorry. I cut you off. Why? I'm not Brad. There's no Brad here. Yeah. Well, wouldn't that be nice? Oh, <laughs> Ryan's a jerk. <laughs> yeah that's the thing you we just it, not us we should just change our name every episode and then that way nobody can hate us but that being said you said the youtube trolls are winning no 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 ryan <laughs> we're monetized every time they hate watch our video ting. we're winning ryan <laughs> we're winning and yeah, we'll take that two cents thank you very much um it's, it's that funny. much got- per view <laughs> No, I don't think so. We got uh, <laughs> feedback a couple episodes ago, and we get this like once every like six months, which is like, hey, can you guys say each other's names more? Uh, Evan, we can usually tell because his voice is so jarring because we don't hear it a lot. But <laughs> Brad and Ryan, we actually mix you up a lot. So I'm Ryan, and the one kindly laughing at my jokes is Brad. Yes, I'm I'm the one who yells the most. Um, that theme will likely hold up this episode. 
Yeah. Okay. So, uh, post game. Let's let's first and foremost, we know what we're going to talk about. The Red Wings just lost. What was it five one to the Lightning? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not even going to do a preamble, Brad. You just you you start. Okay. Okay. I, I try to like be polite on this subject because I know it's an unpleasant subject and people's livelihoods are at stake and all that stuff. Nah, politeness is out the door. To the three people who still defend Jeff Blashill, why? Tell me. Give me one reason. And the only excuse that I've heard, and you're not allowed to use it anymore, is he doesn't have a good team, so let's wait. It's been five fucking years. He's had teams play well on nights and still lose. Is there a reality where... Over a 60-minute hockey game at this point in their careers, Val Philpola or Franz Nielsen are going to provide more value than Giovanni Smith or Matthias Brome. I don't even, I'm not even talking veteran versus rookie rebuild. Who's it better to play? Is there even an argument those players are more useful than those two? No, of course there isn't. What we got tonight was a flashback of the 2019-20 Detroit Red Wings. The worst hockey team in the salary cap era and Jeff Blashill pulled every bag of tricks he had from that season and used it tonight. Oh, Matthias Brome looks like he could be a usable depth player even when he's not scoring. Giovanni Smith's bringing some aggressiveness and some skill to the bottom six. Michael Rasmussen hasn't exactly lived up to his ninth overall billing, but hey, he looks usable. He's had his moments on the power play and he's winning some puck battles. Amazing. Yeah, none of them played tonight. No, instead, we got a steady stream of Luke Lindenning, Darren Helm, uh, Franz Nielsen, Val Philpola. I would argue one of those players is an NHL caliber player still. I'm not even saying third, fourth line, wherever the hell they're playing. It doesn't matter. One of those players belongs in the NHL, and it's like a fringe player. I'll let your imaginations take who that one is. It's Luke Lindenning. And I'm, I'm sick of it. Chalosky and Rasmussen are in the minors for what? For what? Their development? Cool. Grand Rapids isn't playing. What is this doing for them right now? Sure, camp just opened up. Great. Dennis Chalosky's been there the entire goddamn season. The Red Wings are the second oldest team in the league, and they're rebuilding. How is That statement alone is the biggest problem in this rebuild. I understand. And I'm about to give Steve Eisenman shit, which sounds like blasphemy. I don't care. I understand the need to protect certain prospects. I get it. This team's a dumpster fire. We knew it at the beginning of the season. We anticipated less of a dumpster fire, but we knew it. And there was logic to keeping Cider and Valeno and Raymond over in Europe so they're not near this team. There was logic to keeping some of those guys in Grand Rapids last year so they're not near this team. You can't play... You can't start 12 rookies in the next two seasons. You need to get some of them in there now for when the next batch of rookies is ready. And then the next batch of rookies, the Red Wings have had 37 draft picks in the last two drafts. You don't want them all coming in at once, coupled with the prospects you already had. This is just, I'm going on a tangent here. I'm going to get back to the game. Don't worry. But how are we supposed to rebuild if these guys aren't playing? And again, I'm talking about the rebuild at this standpoint. What what good are we doing any of them right now? Like And by any of them, I'm talking, obviously, Rasmussen, Smith, Chalosky, the guys who aren't playing. None. We're doing nothing. They're all sitting there. They're not developing. They're just, they're, they're fucking sitting there. 
now let's circle back to the game. Because <laughs> ev- everything, like, because you knew the, the whole reason for that rant is as soon as we saw the lineup before the game started, we knew where this was going. Was anybody surprised by the outcome of this game? No, of course not. That was the worst bottom six in the history of the NHL. And it showed. Um, to Kaiser getting stretched over Mark Stahl is a decision. I mean, any other team to Kaiser deserves to be a healthy scratch this year, but with Mark Stahl in there, okay. I guess Hot take the difference between those two is not no, appreciable yeah. right now. That's not the lineup decision that really had my blood boiling. It's It, it was obvious. It was, we are going to healthy scratch Giovanni Smith and send Michael Rasmussen down. And Matthias Brome, a guy who you could argue has been one of the six most effective forwards on this team all goddamn year. You're going to healthy scratch him? Are you kidding me? Yeah, he doesn't have a goal to show for it yet, but he's had about three that would go in nine out of ten times any other time. He pissed off a witch doctor or something. He's cursed. Let the guy get his goal. But we had the lineup. We figured this game would go poorly, but hey, that's why you play the games. You never know what's going to happen. Before the Red Wings registered a shot on net, they were down 3 nothing. Okay, well, this is going even worse than we thought it would. Whatever. It's Tampa. It's the defending Stanley Cup champions. You expect Tampa to beat up on Detroit. Fair. The part that gets me above all else in regards to this game specifically, and it's been an overlapping theme for the last few years with Jeff Blashill. This team was down 3 nothing, roughly five minutes into the game. What should you do? When you need to make up three goals, you should probably shoot the puck, get some offense, you know, make up that three goal lead. They managed 17 shots on net. 17. And it wasn't a Johan Franzen special where they just couldn't hit the net. No, no, no. There were there were not chances that were missing the net or hitting the post or getting blocked. No, there was no fight in this team. So even if you're on the side of Jeff Blashill systems being good, just the team poorly executing them, fine. You're wrong, and that's a bad opinion, but whatever. This team's quit on him. You're down 3 nothing, and you manage 17 shots. Whether that's a system issue or this team has quit on him issue, it doesn't matter. It doesn't. My thing, my thing is, had Brome not come out, had Rasmussen stayed in, had Smith stayed in, let's say even Chalosky by this point got a shot, whatever. The result of this game probably would have been, I'd say, 5-1 Tampa Bay. Like, probably. This, this is probably. Detroit going up against one of the best teams in the league. It's not about the blowout. The mo- like the moment they scored their first goal, you knew like you knew right away. You're like, oh, this is gonna be that game. And there are gonna be more games like this. Honestly, the next one's probably gonna be on Friday. That's just the way it goes. This this is a, one of the worst teams in the league besides Ottawa, who looks like they're trying to do all of us a favor by being God. even worse than last year's Detroit. Um, but besides that, Detroit is among the worst teams in the league. Uh, and they are going to lose a lot of games like this. Detroit, in my mind, played worse than a five one loss today. And oh, it's yeah. not about the loss. It's just about everything Brad just said. Is this a sample size of one? Yeah, absolutely. If Brome comes back in tomorrow, if Rasmussen's in the next game, if Smith is in you know, the game after that, then is will you look back and say, well, what was the point of humming and hawing about this? Well, 
you say that and it's easy to treat these things like a singularity. It's easy to look at this like it's a tangent on, on a curve, like this is just one point where all these things compound. But the reality is, Brad, how many times have we started a podcast where you have gone off about, you know, these poor decisions that Jeff Blaschel has made and then myself or Evan have come to you and said, well, this is just one instance. You can't define the whole, you know, justification for his coaching behind this because it's not zero and it's not five, and I don't even think it's ten. Like it's it's a trend, and it's actually a, like the, a defining feature of his, his his coaching right now. And it's so it's I get why it's hard to get across. There's a lot of people. You joke, Brad, that it's three, but I think it's more it's it's more than three people who still defend Blash though, because they're like this team would be bad no matter what. Yes, and it's really hard to convey the frustration when our preferred uh, circumstance wouldn't necessarily provide a different outcome. But it's just the the long-term reality of exactly what you said, Brad. Like, if you're going to get pumped, at least have the guys out there getting experience. Yes, it's good to protect them for, to a certain degree, but you're not – you can't protect Jalowski anymore. You can't protect Rasmussen anymore. There's no point in protecting Giovanni Smith at this point. Matthias Brome is a grown-ass man. He's closer to 30 than he is to 20. This is – you need them out there, and this team cannot intentionally tank. You cannot intentionally put out the worst iteration of the Red Wings this year. Last year had to be rock bottom. It had to be. And that's not just because Lafreniere was was the first overall pick, and there's nothing like him this year. It's in a rebuild. There is such thing as spending too much time at the bottom. If you don't get out of there, you'll stay in a funk. Look at Buffalo. Look at Ottawa. Look at these teams who, who, who screwed this up. Toronto for a decade. You cannot stay there. Even if... You are still the second last uh, place team in the league, but your win percentage is substantially better. Shit, that's a way bigger improvement. And that is a reasonable expectation from the Red Wings. And that's not what I'm seeing but, uh, from Jeff Blashill's coaching this year. I'm going to circle back to a quote I have used way too many times on this podcast. And it is a five-year theme. I, I think I might have used this quote at least once every single year this podcast has existed. I can't wait for the day NHL organizations play young players who might be bad versus older players who are bad. We know Valtteri Filippa and Franz Nielsen suck. We know Darren Helm's speed is gone, which renders him barely useful in the NHL. We know Luke Glendening at best is a fourth line grinder who will win you a key face off. And if you're lucky, chip in five to 10 goals a year. We know what these guys are and it's not good. And I'm almost like, I know we spent most of the beginning of this episode talking about the rebuild and we need these young guys to be playing to, to not playing does them no good if they were playing for grand rapids right now this would be a more acceptable circumstance i, I wouldn't say it is but it i wouldn't say it's acceptable it is more acceptable the bigger concern honestly for me is if if this is a decision not because of the rebuild not because of trying to protect the kids but because he legitimately thinks they're better players that's a bigger concern because you can't tell me Val Filippo or Franz Nielsen are better than Giovanni Smith or Matthias Brome at this point. You can't. It's not a debate. I don't care what mistakes they make because they're rookies and the way their inexperience gets exposed, which it does. I'm not saying they don't. But what they bring is better than what these guys bring. Val Filippo probably played his worst game as a professional hockey player tonight. It was a downright travesty what he did to the game of hockey. Franz Nielsen had an open net. 
I don't know how it didn't go in, it, but it didn't <laughs> because <laughs> that was an insult. That was an insult from the hockey gods. Like we yeah. already knew that that was like that was just like a microcosm of the Red Wings, but to slap us in the face with it was exceptionally rude. Like, and, and the funny thing is too, not that Helm or Glenn Denning were necessarily bad tonight. I'll be honest. I'm not sure I heard their names tonight, which relative to this team is probably a good thing, but I'm going to open up the page, which I, uh, the box score from this game, which I haven't yet. I'm going to bet they're near the league leader team leaders in ice time. Uh, let me- Evan just started looking at you and smirking and I want to know why. All right, let's see what these let's see what the There was are. no reason. I don't know why I did. Luke Glendenning, Darren Helm, Val Philpla, uh, all and Sam Gagne, and Franz Nielsen all played more than Anthony Mantha tonight. Ant man. And Anthony Mantha had an Anthony Mantha goal tonight. Stole the yeah. puck, used his wheels, changed the shot angle, and had a beautiful finish on a breakaway. That was the Anthony Mantha that we've been waiting to see all year. Well, I mean, yep. he's been better for three, four games in a row now. Looking at uh, the ice time here. Hold on. Just scrolling through. Uh, outside of Adam Ernie, Anthony Mantha had the lowest time on ice of any Red Wing forward tonight. And it looks like the rest of the, it looks like the four lines were actually played just about evenly. They all averaged about 15 minutes. Okay. You can't again. This was this would be one argument against the Chicago Blackhawks. Blashill thought this was a recipe to beat the defending Stanley Cup champions. So let's circle back to my initial question. Blashill defenders, why? His personnel decisions are an atrocity to the game of hockey. His systems are his systems are non-existent at best. His deployment of his terrible personnel decisions are somehow worse. And if you want to talk about, oh, yeah, well, Larkin and Mantha and all these guys developed under him. No, no, they didn't. I will argue Anthony Mantha and Dylan Larkin would be ahead of where they are right now if they had a proper coach over the last five years. Anthony Mantha got played 12 minutes. He scored a goal in three games, three straight games. And I think we can all agree he's playing poorly. So what would Anthony Mantha look like under a coach who could get the best out of him every night? I don't know what that recipe is to get that out of Anthony Mantha every night. Player, There are lots of players like Mantha in the league where they're just big, smooth. They don't, they're not the grinders, the hustlers, but they get it done because they're so talented and so, they're effective. Yeah. Finish your point. And they're effective players, but yet we have these same conversations about Mantha all the time, justified or not. Doesn't matter. So... As you were talking about, you know, ice time and how it was pretty much 15 minutes across the board, um, I decided to look up Chicago's last game to just see, you know, what do, what does another bottom feeding team do? Patrick Kane played 24 minutes. Um, after that, it was Dylan Strom, Matthias Janmark, and Alex DeBrincat all over 20 minutes. Um, let me try and find someone. And w- while you're bad, while you're- but there's a lot. Okay. Pius Suter, Pius Suter, whatever, played 10 minutes, for example. Duncan that's Keith. Score. Duncan Keith, 27 minutes. Um bunch of names I don't know, so it does it doesn't really <laughs> work. Like they don't have a Darren Helm that I can see or a, a Franz Nielsen. Yeah, but you get my drift. Yeah, they're playing guys who are wild cards because you never know when a guy like Pia Suter could pop off her hat trick or you find a hidden gem that you weren't expecting because you actually play him. 
It's just, it's infuriating. So I, every box that you would want a coach to check off, Blashill's failing in every single aspect. Let's look at some positives here. Mickey Redmond had a banner night. <laughs> <laughs> so, so actually, let's go through some of my favorite quotes from Mickey Redmond tonight. <clears throat> I don't even know how to spell digital. And I, I will not be providing the context for that one. Um, Mickey Red, <laughs> he was on a roll. What was the one he said about uh, uh, you're down three? Oh, uh, the Taco Bell take, nobody listened, and you're down three nothing because of it. <laughs> Talking directly to the Red Wings. Um, oh, he had a, just a million different amazing things that he said. He, he has stopped giving a damn. He's like talking directly to the team, to the refs, like, oh, my God. When Franz Nielsen missed the the net, like the wide open net, Mickey Redmond, I, like you heard him muttering in the background going, oh, no. <laughs> 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 they showed a clip of uh, Cronwell's hit on Kucherov um, from way back when Detroit had their playoff series against Tampa Bay. Cronwell got suspended for that hit, I believe. That was the one. And... Ken Daniels is there saying, oh, yeah, that's that's definitely a head hit. And Mickey Redmond's going, ha, ha, get him, Croner. Boom. Oh. <laughs> <Atta> boy. <laughs> Those two have absolutely stopped. Like, it's got to be exhausting. And we've said before, people who whose actual job it is, like whether it's the Red Wings social media team or the, the Fox Sports Detroit team, um, whose job it is to bring this team to air – in a somewhat positive light, they have had the toughest job of anyone else. Um, oh, yeah. And they have been broken. Like, Ken and Mick just sound like they're Jimmy Howard right now. Just like they've taken too many high danger chances against and they're just like, oh, God, whatever. Who cares? I'm not getting back in shape. It is what it is. I uh, Conversely, I had the NBC feed because um, that was the only one I had access to tonight. And for 10 minutes after Thomas Grace got pulled, they didn't realize Thomas Grace got pulled. They called, I counted at least twice, they called Calvin Pickard Thomas Grace. So that was fun and didn't piss me off any more than it needed to. Well, actually, what happened there was Grace gave Pickard a 20 to say he was Grace. And Grace is now on a flight back to New York. (laughs) (laughs) They just switched helmets. You know, he's not been outstanding, Grace. I think he had a a decent start, but since then, he hasn't done anything to really help his cause. Can you really do that on this version of the Red Wings? Tune in next time to find out. But... Um, you got to feel bad for him because he still does not have a win. And holy shit, it's got to be mentally draining as a goalie. Pull off the mask. It's Jimmy Howard. (laughs) You thought you could get rid of me? Oh, Oh, man. This is going to be a long goddamn year. Someone asked me. It happened. I always... My favorite thing about the last two years is like trying to pick out when the question's going to come. And I got it on Twitter tonight. When are we starting our prospect profiles? <laughs> <laughs> this might be earlier than last year if we do. It might. But it be, it's close at this point. Remember? I Oh, man. It'd be so nice to like get some, some audio clips from our season preview when we had some sense oh, of optimism. Oh, my God. They're probably brutal already. We, we, we forgot one key factor. We're like, this team is better on paper. We forgot the coach hadn't changed. We're actually, Brad, I think you were the one who is still harping that. And Evan and I were trying to keep the negative thoughts at bay. And you were the asshole who's bringing the truth in way too early. Yeah. It's almost like we've seen this script before. (laughs) I needed to be optimistic, at least for the viewer's sake. 
the the listeners everywhere I at least need to spread some positivity because we knew it was going to go downhill quickly. And it's funny, too, that, Evan, you brought up Chicago of all teams to compare and how Chicago is riding Debrinket and Kane and all that. And we predicted Chicago to finish eighth and Detroit to finish ahead of them. Chicago's sixth in the division right now. They are outperforming expectations because, you know, when you have a Patrick Kane, you use a Patrick Kane. The Red Wings don't have a Patrick Kane, but we have a Dylan Larkin and an Anthony Mantha. And I would argue combining those two versus Kane and Debrinket's pretty close because Mantha and Larkin will be the second and third best player in that equation. So for whatever that's worth. Now, obviously, the Red Wings still still do have a couple of excuses. They don't have Bertuzzi, didn't have Bertuzzi or Zadina tonight. Now, imagine a reality in which you get Zadina and Bertuzzi back. You put Giovanni Smith, Matias Broma, and Michael Rasmussen back in. So that's five legitimately good players you put back in the lineup. And you take that entire bottom six, but Luke Lindenning out. I'm they're not gonna, saying they're, they're going to win the next game with, with those players in. And then the game after, they'll be some of them will be out of the lineup. It's, it's just frustrating because in our last episode, we literally sat here and I think spent five minutes praising what Giovanni Smith has brought in his limited roles to the Red Wings. And then he gets scratched. Like, we're not watching the same sport as Jeff Blashill. There's no way. They're going to keep cycling these guys. Like, that's what I said, too. I didn't like them. Obviously, like, when the Brome thing came out, I immediately started shitposting about it. And I was like, in all reality, this is going to keep happening no matter how much it sucks. Like, these moves are going to happen all year. But in a vacuum, I I, I can't understand this one. Every, people, Some people replied, Brome hasn't done anything. Bro, who has done anything on this team? Four, Like four people, and two of them were out. Zadina's not back until Friday. Brad's, Brad's talking about Zadina and Bertuzzi. Legitimately, you can make a strong argument that those are two the two, red, two best Red Wings right now. Maybe you stick Dylan Larkin up there. Yeah. Like, legitimately, if you're counting Zadina's small sample size, yeah, him and Bertuzzi have been the Red Wings' two best forwards this year. I don't even think that's that controversial of an opinion. Larkin's been hot and cold. Obviously, when Larkin's been on, he's one of the best players. When Mantha's been on, he's been one of the best players. Uh, Bertuzzi and Zadina haven't had an off night yet. I mean, obviously, for Zadina, it was only four games, but neither of them had an off night. So if you factor in consistency, yeah, they were the two best forwards on this team. Um, So needless to say, it's going to get a boost. And my big fear right now is maybe Eisenman's teetering on the coaching change thing, and then he'll get those two guys back, and they'll like maybe lose... 3-2 3-2 to Tampa on Friday. Oh, that was a good effort. Okay. It's... Nah, it's he's not... He, no, it's not looking. I know. Yeah. I know. It's... I get that it doesn't make sense because how are you going to quarantine and bring in a coach in a pandemic? I, I I get it. But, but like, someone I've... I forget who tweeted it at me tonight, but it was the perfect phrasing on it. And, and I... And I argued this last episode and the episode before and i'll argue it again but this is the perfect way to describe it you have to fix it before the rot sets in and the rot is uh, tonight was like the rot has set in you they were down three nothing five minutes in and they looked like they could give a shit the rest of the game and you know what the sad part about that is do you know who else looked like they could give a shit about tonight's game tampa and they still won 5-1. Could it? Couldn't? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I, as that game was going on, I, I'm not even making, I'm not even saying this ironically, and I'm not even saying like, oh, I'm, I'm better than watching hockey, so this is why I'm laughing at it. I legitimately had a blast watching today's game, not because it was good hockey, but because this was like that point to me where Red Wings fans completely exited the <laughs> the phase of like being like disparaged and crying and in despair over how bad this team is, and we have just entered full shit posting meme. Like literally hysterical, and I mean like hysteria um, uh, uh, mode in terms of watching the Red Wings. Like the 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 memes are on point. Everyone is just laughing their asses off at how bad it is. Garrett Brooks Esquire had the one meme where it was oh, the guy so being good. mugged, like from like a wiki how, and it was the guy the guy being mugged was me just trying to enjoy a hockey game, and the guy with a knife was Mark Stahl. <laughs> Someone someone responded to one of like my billion Mickey tweets with, uh, I don't like watching Mickey Redmond. And then me and someone else replied with the picture of Mickey Redmond sticking the finger. It was just like, <laughs> no, uh, much like Mickey Redmond, none of us give a shit anymore. So you might as well have fun along the ride. We tweeted out that we would give away a shirt uh, to a follower for every goal the Red Wings scored and a power uh, two for a power play goal. And I would have counted the delayed penalty whiff by Nielsen as two, by the way. Uh, so... We gave away uh, one shirt plus an extra because why not? And then Rowan arbitrarily decided that uh, uh, Evan, did you see the contest that the contest that Rowan ran? I did not. <laughs> You're gonna love this. Uh, he ran a contest. Doesn't he never asks us when he does this? Um, he he said uh, followers of the Winged Wheel podcast enter to win a podcast shirt. Uh, all you have to do is like and retweet this tweet and unfollow Hockey Town Evan. And- <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I went down. <laughs> uh, tweet, tweet proof that you did it. And then at the end, he picked a winner. He's like, Ryan, do this. And I was like, yeah, why not? You get the shirt too. <laughs> oh, yeah. I just opened Twitter. I've got like a, I've got 21 notifications. <laughs> uh, oh. So as you can see, we're all having fun. Yeah. And uh, sorry to break the fun, but I got to go back to the one stat that I meant to throw in earlier just about kind of like a, a grandiose how the season is going because i know like we've been fair i felt because when the red wings have played well we've pointed out everything they've done well so it's not like we've just been doom and gloom about every single scenario this year but what was the one thing we agreed would be would what we would deem a successful season knowing that the red wings were going to finish bottom five be competitive yeah if you're going to lose 40 games, lose them 3-2, 4-3. I mean, that would be ideal over 2-1, but whatever. They're not scoring that many goals. But either way, be competitive. We're 11 games in. Five losses by three goals or more. It's not happening. They're not competitive. I got, I'm going to do some numbers later about the, the win percent or the points percentages that I want because I'm going to set an arbitrary standard because why not? Anyways, uh, we could talk about how crap that game was all day, but we all know what's going to happen next game is Detroit's going to win 6 nothing. Yep. Two goals at each from Glenn Denning and Ernie, and then people are just going to come and punch us in the throat about it. So uh, until that happens, uh, two games until uh, our next episode. So Tampa Bay again on Friday at 7 Eastern, and then Florida with the afternoon uh, in Florida for the afternoon game at 3 p.m. Eastern. Uh, we'll be coming to you Sunday night. Uh, all right, let's move on to news around the league and it reads covid for everyone uh who's gone on who's had to delay new jersey has had games postponed buffalo 
Buffalo has ga- has had games postponed, and Minnesota. Minnesota now has an outbreak. We're up to what, like 90, 95 players on the COVID list? It's in the 90s on the COVID list. And keep in mind, there's usually only between 700 to 800 active players in the NHL at any given point. New Jersey has 17 players on the COVID list. 17. Uh, <laughs> How many players do they have? <laughs> it's like we're laughing, but th- this is messed up. And for those of you who don't know, Marco Rossi was sent home to austria because he got covid and his recovery is not going well he they're worried about you know the long-term effects of this yeah the reality is that most of the professional athletes who get this get over it uh, and their bodies are able to deal with it quickly but it's not a non-zero threat or it's it, it is a non-zero threat like the 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 implications of this are huge. And the fact that this outbreak this early in the season, I know it's it doesn't seem early, but it is still very early in the season. The fact that we're pushing 100 players on this list, the reality is we are not far away from a NHL halting the league for a week or two weeks or more just to try and salvage the season. So, you know, it's easy to say watching the NFL, like they had the Super Bowl this weekend and, and everything else to say, Oh yeah, definitely. The Red Wings are going to, or the the season's going to run without a hitch, and they're just going to power through it. And we'll have a few COVID cases. No, like players have caught COVID. Players are continuing continuing to catch COVID. We now have new strains and variants. As the rush to vaccinate against the spread of those is 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 a, a race to watch. Um, there's a threat here that hockey might not be completed or it might not be completed to the full 56 games that they prescribed. Those backup plans are going to need backup plans real soon. To say the least, it who could have seen this coming, right? I, I, I want to provide insight here, but there isn't any, everybody saw this coming a mile away. You can test all you want, but if you're not playing in a bubble as the pandemic's getting worse and like, a majority of the league is in the U.S. If you look at the Canadian teams, I think the only player on the COVID list is Pierre-Luc Dubois because he had to quarantine crossing the borders. I don't. I, we said before the season we didn't have a good answer for what the NHL should do because I don't think the players would have been willing to spend the entire season in a bubble, nor should they. And we all knew that if they didn't play in a bubble, this is exactly what would happen. So... I'm not opposed to a shutdown. I think it's a good thing. One, it kind of resets the tables. And two, I mean, every week we can buy before the vaccine gets to gets into the hands of the players. Great. By the time. Yeah, you're delaying all the offseason stuff. You might even be shortening the offseason. You might be delaying next season. I don't know. I don't care. It's damn near like over a tenth of your league is on the list right now. I don't know in what reality that's even deemed acceptable. So, and it would be pointless to shut down just the American teams and then have the Canadian teams get way ahead. I I don't know. I don't have a good answer here. I don't think anybody does, but it's going to get worse, not better. The NWHL is suspending their season, which is unfortunate. Um, Apparently, the Sabres are pissed because they expressed concern to the league before their game against New Jersey because uh, Paul Mieri, I think it was, was added to the COVID list right before puck drop. And the Sabres expressed that concern to the NHLPA. And now they are facing, you know, the same issues. Yeah. And some 
Some people actually had the audacity to complain that anybody who was exposed to a case, even if they tested negative, had to quarantine for the two weeks. <laughs> yeah, this is why. Because as soon as you let your guard down, even for a second, the NHL lost the second team because of it, uh, or had to post lost. Yeah, like the Sabres just got wiped off the planet. No, but another team had to be delayed a week because of it. It's You can't. You have to be all or nothing. There's no half pregnant this year. I thought originally what they would do is if if one team had one positive test, they'd get shut down for a week. Like just that's it. Recalibrate it. But then as soon as I saw that they were only leaving a small buffer between the end of the regular season and the playoffs, that wasn't going to happen. So what about 17 players? Will they then get quarantined? Maybe. We'll see. I'm going to have to play it case by case. They still have a goalie. They might be able to use the taxi squad. They can make two lines. It's like beer league. Ten players, you're in. Who are they playing? The Red Wings? They'll be fine. Tampa? Yeah, we'll probably have to delay these. Oh, boy. Um, I just... I don't even know what the answer is here. Like, I would love to say, oh... Like, I'm going to disagree with you slightly, Brad. Like, oh, we all saw this coming. And, like, you're right. We all did kind of see this coming. Like, we, no one in their right mind thought we'd get through this season with no issues or instances. But I just don't... I don't know. This is another case of I don't envy the people trying to control this no, because I, I think the either. the league did do a good job over the summer with the bubble. You can't operate a whole season with a bubble, but this is like it, it's 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 not not scary. You know, I'm not worried about entire teams folding or the NHL shutting down, but you know there's only so much of this you can take before we start to see some very real repercussions. And I'm not even exclusively talking business wise. Let's think about Marco Rossi here. And and I don't mean to be too morbid and we wish Marco Rossi the best and we can't wait to hear that he's fully recovered and everything. But are we going to be hearing down the line the, the permanent effects of some of these cases on some unfortunate players who just through luck of the draw or whatever the, the uh, biophysical um, circumstances might be that they are going to suffer from the the effects of this disease long after they've gotten over it so to speak this is not going to go away for a while and like you said Brad time it, it's it's a blessing and a curse these delays and yeah we're looking into delaying next season if if this continues at this rate like we're looking into another panic shortened off season with the draft and then the the free agency and then two weeks later it's training camp again like it's it's all there's a lot of word vomit coming from me right now, and that's pretty much the frantic state of both hockey fans' thoughts and the NHL trying to make plan anything in reality right now. It's an unfortunate segment because what's the solution here? What's the discussion besides everything sucks? But that's – we're not at the height of this. We're not even close in my mind. Yeah. I mean, this whole episode, my brain's just scrambled trying to wrap my head around uh, the decisions the Detroit Red Wings are making and trying to figure out how to quell a pandemic. It's, it's that type of year. The, the thing that bothers me about this that is within the NHL's control is how steadfast they seem on, and, and they've publicly said, we're not delaying next season, we're not delaying next season, we're not delaying next season. Why? I think it's, op- I think, I don't think those words hold any weight. No, like, I know, but like. Famously, they don't hold any weight. Yeah, but you have to adapt. Like, I, I hate to use this example because like, oh, they're millionaires, screw those guys. Like, I get it. Not everybody in the NHL is a millionaire. Some of these guys, especially the AHL guys, are getting royally screwed right now. But if you lose money because you wait or have to wait, tough shit. 
like the player's health is more important than that. The staff on these teams who aren't making seven figures are contracting this virus from the team. They matter. Like in my job, for example, like I'm still getting paid my salary. I'm, I'm one of the lucky few, even though my business is shut down. Um, the management has kept working throughout it, but all my bonuses come from sales. I, my store's closed right now. So I'm probably losing thousands of dollars in bonuses this year. Tough shit. It's a pandemic. We all got to deal with what we got to do. And I'm not standing there yelling at corporate to open the, unlock the front doors of my store so I can start making sales to make a couple extra grand, like tough shit. So if the NHL unrelated, I did find an, uh, uh, I saw an ad for an OnlyFans called hat only slash hockey town, Brad. So yeah. it's actually just, I Photoshopped my face onto Evan just so people would actually subscribe. That's not good. Not right now. <laughs> I shower with the lights off. That's how bad it's gone. <laughs> it's uh, videos of Brad in slow-mo set to smooth jazz taping a hockey stick. <laughs> oh, Fully speak- clothed. Oh, yeah. Speaking of which, Patreon, that uh, hockey equipment Patreon exclusive you guys were asking me for is coming tomorrow. So keep your eyes out for that thread. Friday. 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 We're reco- dropping it Friday. I'm recording You're- it tomorrow night, though. Yeah. Yeah. The okay. magic of post-production. It's being recorded tomorrow night, so you're going to have to get your questions in tomorrow. Um, But yeah, so obviously I understand that the NHL wants to stick to their schedule as best they can. There's not a reality where they're going to be able to right now. And the one thing that's actually driving me nuts about this is the argument in favor of the NHL's plan right now is, yeah, well, the NFL pulled it off without having to extend the season. Well, yeah, I think we all remember some of those scheduling nightmares they had in the middle that teams were very unhappy with. Um, But also the difference between the NHL and the NFL is the NFL plays once a week. They had to navigate 16 games per team, not 56. So that is not a comparison at all. You can't tell me too, because the Red Wings have Tampa and Florida in their division. The state of Florida is getting hit harder than just about any other state in the U.S. So do you think the Red Wings are happy they have to go there four times a season? No, they know it's high risk when they go in there, but it is what it is. So we'll see how this all shakes down three months from now. Uh, Go ahead, Evan. Well, I was just going to say we know what works. It's a bubble. The NHL's proved to that without works. So if things really get off the rail, I think that's what they'll have to look at in doing like each division in a bubble. Two weeks on, one week off or something like that just to keep the player's sanity. Yeah, it might might come to that. Time for an ill-advised transition. Uh, the biggest threat to the NHL right now, the spread of COVID-19 amongst its players. The second biggest threat in the NHL is Tyler Toffoli specifically to the Vancouver Canucks. <laughs> <laughs> what a revenge tour that guy's on. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't call free agents. Is that what Jim Benning said? Something like that? Well, he should have. <laughs> Nine goals to start the season. Eight of them are against the Vancouver Canucks. He would have been less subtle if he walked straight up to the box in Vancouver's arena and slapped Jim Benning in the face. (laughs) And it's not even just that he's scoring. Did you see his toe drag backhand? Oh, my. Between his own legs. God. I apologize to my mom after watching that. The only gross. To further your point, Ryan, to be less subtle, he could have moonwalked up the stairs 
to Jim Benning's box and slapped him in the face. Like, come on. Vancouver fans, you know what? They're rabid, and I'm horrified of them, and you guys are crazy. And uh, you can't talk. I had a, a meme that I posted about this. You know the season's going badly when I, I've said the word meme seven times in an episode uh, about the fact that you can't talk about a defenseman without them shoving Quinn Hughes down your throat. Um, they have enough on their plates to be stressed about without this happening to them, but it's happening, and Jim Benning ain't helping. Um, for all the Quinn Hughes people that I've had in my mentions from Vancouver, I just want to point out that Quinn Hughes has been on the ice for more five-on-five goals against than any player in the NHL, as you were, Ryan. Oh, Brad, that sounds like you're making the point that a defenseman should be able to defend. Hey. Weird. 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 I mean, I would would argue that this is very much the case of his surroundings and not him himself. But, you know, you know, we got we got to take the little victories where we can get them. I would do a lot of things for uh, for to have Quinn Hughes on the Red Wings. Don't get me wrong. And yeah. yeah. But speaking of elite young offensive defensemen, um, is what Kale McCarr is doing to opponents ankles considered a war crime? Oh, my God. I watched that video so many times and. I don't know if that happened to me. I'm happy I, I never played forward because that never would have had to happen to me. A defenseman walking me like that at his at the blue line. Oh, my God. How do you go back to your bench and look at your teammates in the eyes after that? It's got to <laughs> be gutting. And my teammates were dickheads. They would not have let me forget that. Can you imagine we played just the three of us played shinny and someone did that to me? You guys would have had that clipped. You would have made your Twitter profile picture somehow a gif of me breaking my with my ankles broken like that. No, no interest. Forwards, you guys are nutty. I would I would hate to have uh, that happen to me. What what Kale McCarr did? Yeah, see, this is why I don't back check. No risk of it happening. Then you're not wrong, Brad. You never. <laughs> have- you don't risk it for the biscuit. That is the, that should be the saying. Do not risk it for the biscuit because you'll end up looking like a fool in a sweet in a sweet Minnesota Wild jersey on the ice. Yeah, that was the one perk for them on that one. Yeah. Um. Oh, speaking of jerseys, Kaliev scored his first NHL goal, and he did it in their uh, reverse re- retro reverse purple and gold jersey. Yeah, his tape job completely ruined the aesthetic of it, though. <laughs> one piece of tape around the toe of the blade. The knob's worse. Believe it or not. Is it act how? It's like an aggressive Mark Stone. Oh, but Mark Stone uses a thick <laughs> I'm sorry. Mark Stone uses a thick knob to for his hand. <laughs> we we cannot grow up. We refuse to grow up. Because he he uh, broke his hand, right? Or he had yeah. surgery and it's easier yeah. on his hand. Yeah, that makes sense. When I heard that, I'm like, oh yeah, I guess if he just got used to it, sure. Kaliev, I don't think, has that excuse. He's just a monster. You notice Evan's face after I said thick knob. He just went, huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're going off this, the rails. This is the only way we're getting through this season is uh, 12-year-old hum- humor. Um, Anything else that we want to talk? Oh, um, assistant GM of Team Canada in the Olympics, Roberto Luongo. That's cool. That's super cool. Uh, yeah. Comic relief will be there if Canada performs poorly. Yeah, honestly, Roberto Luongo for figurehead of everything that matters. I don't care. I love that guy. Uh, anything else, either specific to the Red Wings or across the league, that we want to talk about before jumping into overtime? Uh, I just want to point out that in the Penguins GM search that uh, Peter Shirelli and John Ferguson Jr. were candidates uh, for the proof that uh, nobody in the NHL ever learns their lesson. 
how is John Ferguson Jr. still getting interviews? Okay, that should be a question Old for Charlie. Old Boys Club. Oh my God! Mm-hmm. If you if you ever doubt the Old Boys Club still exists, that's all the proof you need. That that's Chris Drury notified them that he's not interested in leaving the Rangers, and honestly, good for him for making that decision. That can't be an easy one because. Hey, to be the GM of a team that has assets like Crosby and Malkin, no matter what you intend to do with them, that's a that's a great spot to get. Um, Is it though? I was just going to ask the question: Would you want that job? You have a very short window, and that could define your career because obviously you have Crosby and Malkin. So if you can squeeze that last little bit of talent they have in them not that it's a little bit of talent but that last little window they have and turn it into a cup rookie gm comes in you're a savior but as like malkins already looked like his decline starting this year when crosby decline starts man there is probably no team worse positioned for the future than the penguins they don't have assets they don't have prospects they don't have a ton of draft capital and on their roster, all their big contributors are on the wrong side of 30. Not all. Most of their big contributors are on the wrong side of 30. Hey, Patrick Hornquist's been pretty good the start of this year, though. <laughs> Weird, right? How's Mike Matheson been? Hmm. Oh, boy. You want to know my – it won't be a hot take on this podcast because I think you guys will agree. But it will be a hot take within Penguins ownership and and basically management. They need a GM who will not try to build a winning team around Crosby and Malkin because I I think both of those guys will be like 50-point players until the day they decide to hang them up. But I don't think they are enough to carry decidedly mediocre teams to cups anymore. And the fact of the matter is that what Jim Rutherford did was mortgage the present and future to get those cups. So they don't even have the support around them to lift those still great centers to a cup anymore. They need a GM who will come in and and try to flip one or both of those guys now and set themselves up as if they had never lost any assets. Because imagine what you could get for Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin right now. It's it's heinous. It's almost Crosby would ever would ever leave, to be honest. No, you're right. Like it's it's easier said than done. And you would probably have to get hired security in the city of Pittsburgh for sure. And I if I'm one of those fans, for good reason. I would never want to trade them. You won three cups with them. I don't care if I don't win for the next 20 years. You let those guys retire in Pittsburgh if they want. But if you want to talk about being competitive in the next five, that's how you do it. Well, yeah. If, I, I don't think Crosby would do it. No, I don't I, think ownership would let them do it. I, no, I don't, ownership definitely won't. I think they're going to straight up ask Crosby, like, what do you want to do? Do you want a couple more kicks at the cans? If so, we can entertain a trade. If you want to retire here, fine. No problem. So let's say hypothetically he does want another kick at the can at the cup. So then they open up the trade market. You're obviously going to have to find a team that's pretty comfortable overpaying um, for an older player, no matter how effective they still are. So you got to look at the oldest team in the NHL. So here's my chaos theory. Sidney Crosby, number 87, Washington Capitals. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. The city of Pittsburgh would burn. Yes, it will. Right to the ground. Yeah. It's I, Vancouver, move out of the way. We'll show you how it's done. I don't even had one march on Washington this year. I don't think we could afford <laughs> another. <laughs> I don't care about either of these teams. To I will drive Sydney to Pitt, to Washington if I can make it happen. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, okay. 
uh, Sid to the Lakers, Malkin to the Clippers. Let's just do this thing. Who cares? Um, all right. I'm going to move us along to overtime here because I think there's only so much hysteria. We need to be able to make it to the weekend episode. Uh, overtime in this midweek episode of the Winged Wheel podcast is brought to you by our brave, resilient, somewhat loony um, Winged Wheel podcast patrons. Uh, the Patreon exclusive Discord was hilarious today. Um, these patrons are the reason we're able to uh, operate the show and, and run it twice a week. And do whatever the hell it is we do we did i don't know what we did today i can't tell if today was a good or a bad episode truthfully but uh i i couldn't keep my thoughts on track so that's usually a great or awful episode there's no in between yeah so thank you guys and we're gonna start with haroon khan who says Brome kept out for nielsen and or filpula dk uh out instead of stall someone make uh this makes sense to me please haroon there's not enough money in the world to uh give someone who could uh, who could you know what I'm trying to say. Whatever. Who cares? What? I'm a podcast host. I should be able to talk. Whatever. Dalton Moore says, I'm sure Brad didn't talk about Brome being sent to the taxi squad. So give me all that in extreme detail, please. Okay. But seriously, I sent out my first jersey meant for customization today. Captain Larkin, obviously. And I'm super excited. Much thanks to Rowan for the help. Love a good um, jersey customization to, to take the edge off the pain. Uh, Lars, the prophet of the towering behemoth says, so my pregame prediction, we just lost by at least six goals, seven, one, maybe Blashill's selection was an abomination, but I guess we will dwell on that until next game. Lars <laughs> too truthful. Uh, I'm going to pose two choices for you. You're the GM of the team and the owners tell you, you must trade Mantha for either Druen or Ristolainen. Which do you pick? It's a one for one trade and you can't resign in protest. Druen, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is it Druin? Like I don't the, know. The, neither of them are worth Mantha, but yeah, I would go Druin. The player and part two is the player you chose must be re-signed for eight years at eight mil or not at all. If you sign in for eight by eight, you get the first overall pick in twenty twenty one and twenty twenty two. Do you do it? Yes. Oh god, yes. Oh yeah. yeah. Shane Wright? Oh, I would give up this entire roster for Shane Wright right now. Uh, William Eklund should be first overall in 2021. It needs to be said often. Can we get a head coach who isn't a fan of The Walking Dead, please? Is he actually a fan of The Walking Dead? I don't know. All you yes, that's yeah. unless he means like the age of the players. <laughs> All you zombies should be should almost be our skate and music now. Uh, 60 minutes of Helm says Brad didn't list Helm and these lines are trash rant on Twitter. Bullying works. <laughs> oh, I hope they missed the first part of this episode. Uh, I have a fun game for you all. Pull out your phone and type into the search bar Team USA Hockey Coach. Did you do it? Take a few seconds to fully embrace it. Now you'll have more time to prepare for a line of David Backus, Austin Matthews, and Brian Gionta in the event they keep him over Torts or Sullivan for the Olympics. Holy Firk, it's 3 nothing in the time it took me to write this. Uh, let's Actually, let's do that. I just typed it into Twitter. I'm getting nothing very relevant. Into Twitter? Yeah. And they say... The coach is Jeff Blashill. Ew. Remember, uh, he was the coach at the yeah, you're Worlds? Right, you're right. Yeah. Whatever they call it. But that's like yeah. a far cry from the Olympics. They won't hire Jeff for the Olympics. I'll give you each $5 if they do. La Plata Peak says, we're less than five minutes in and it's 3 nothing Tampa. If Eisman pulls Blash from behind the bench, will it light a fire under the team asking for a friend? I think it would. Traditionally in the NHL, it does. You usually do see a bit of a, it levels off 
quicker than people would like to admit. But yeah, there's usually an uptick in production right after. Uh, former defenseman Ryan Hanna says, as I'm typing this, we're losing 3 nothing. I'm sure we'll come back. Looks like we're going to get another high pick this year. How would you... Uh, how would the number one pick in the next draft compare to a few of the top picks from this past draft? So we're talking 2021. Maybe. They maybe top five. Field. I'd put them around like Stutzler, Raymond range. I don't. I think Raymond. the best one, like the best player out of this draft. Maybe. I don't have anybody in this draft up in what would be my top four in this past draft. I could see i would probably put one or two guys maybe even three from this draft in the five range right now because like i'm not convinced owen power is better than jamie drysdale i'm not convinced that kent johnson or eckland or Beneers is better than perfetti or rossi um they're in the conversation so hence why i'm using the five range but yeah it's not nearly so but the nice thing about this draft is there's legitimately six or seven guys you can make that case for so while it's not top heavy it it doesn't have a steep drop off um after the first two or three picks it's pretty well spread out uh ben ingraham says this game's a shit show i can't even finish my beer and it's three nothing embarrassing blash has to go this sucks being a fan of the red wings uh just your average tiege says uh i'm nearing the fire blash levels but first let's fire the assistants my god what are the special teams edit never mind fire them all out of a cannon please i'm not even kidding you three would be better at this point <laughs> uh be careful antonio- what you wish for antonio no gracias says primal screaming slowly turning into ugly vomiting um Yakaruta says so are the red wings hitting minus 100 goal differential this season we must be pretty close to that pace <laughs> will they hit negative 100 um i don't even know what they're at i don't even want to look at it negative 19 right now and that's through 11 games yeah i don't think they'll hit no i, I i'll say they won't that's 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 pretty damn close to on pace four. i have a lot of well-founded confidence, Brad, and I will not be discussing that. Uh, Michael Thompson says, with work changing my schedule up, I haven't been able to watch a lot of Wings games live. Five minutes and three goals into this one, and I think they might have been doing me a favor. I know we're in a rebuild and this isn't a good team, but it's one thing to be bad and it's another another to be bad and boring as shit. Also starting to think doing the deep dish drop pass or a dump and chase on the power play with zero retrieval players or outlet support is not an ideal setup. I know Lord Emperor Blash says it's not about X's and O's, but Firk. Ken and Mick are heroes. Yeah, I, I watched the deep Detroit deep dish drop past uh, closely tonight because I wanted to see why it wasn't effective. Because for as much as we dump on it, a lot of other teams in the NHL use it and they're successful with it. So I wanted to figure out the difference. So I watched a bunch of other teams play yesterday and I stumbled across a few examples of it. And the reason it works for those teams is because five guys are moving. They're either running a crosser in the neutral zone or at the blue line. There's usually one, uh, sorry, two or three options for zone entry guy with the puck. So basically three guys skating and it's either a pass or a keeper. Um, I watched the Red Wings do it uh, very closely on two occasions where three guys, three were standing completely still in the neutral zone. And we wonder why this doesn't work. Um, Adam Kausert says my original comment was a lot of the same of what, 
uh, what was above me, so I'll change it to this. If the Red Wings make the playoffs, I'll buy a Mark Stahl jersey. Safest bet I've ever made. <laughs> um, yeah, your your bank account is safe. Tony D from Watch Your Tone says, are you guys hiring? No, Tony. Unfortunately, we spent all of our money on uh, mustache wax for Evan. Uh, apologies for that. Uh, David McKinstry says, so I'm 13 minutes into this game, having a hard time believing this team is supposed to be any better than last year. Blash needs to go. Weekend at Bernier says, at least Larkin looks like a D-boss sans bucket in his 400th warm-up. Yeah, I never knew that 400 game thing. That's neat. He's like 12 years old. That's amazing. He's gotten 400 games already. I know. He's going to go gray soon enough by being captain of this team. Um, the Caminator says, turned on the game at the start and told my fiance that we could turn it off after the first when they were down three. Didn't realize it'd be so fast. So different topic. I love the neutral zone being a different color in the NWHL bubble. Also like the posts being a different color. Would love to see teams get to change up colors more often. Love all of that idea. I don't know if I'm for that, honestly. Uh, I've seen like different colored fields in in college football, and I've seen like some different colored ice. I'm, I'm not a huge fan. It depends on the color, right? Like good what ideas. Color do they have can, in the NWHL. It's like a lighter blue. Yeah, light blue, right? Yeah, yeah. Let's make the puck white and the ice black. Let's do it. Hell yeah! <laughs> Reverse retro. Rick like, Andrews everywhere. God damn it. <laughs> Um, what they what they did in the NWHL that I love too, and I know the Red Wings did this for like two games last year, and I'm pissed they stopped it. They dropped the lights after a goal. Like the spotlights and all that stuff are going, but like the house lights go down, so it's dark and it's just like I don't know. It, it I I loved it. I know it was cheesy and campy, and not everybody was with me on that, but it was fun. It was crazy. It was Tom Wilson shank someone in the darkness. <laughs> <laughs> Funny enough, I think one of the games he did it was against Washington, so it could have happened. Uh, Jonathan R. Reinbold just says screams into the void. Uh, Evan Beckner says after seeing the roster moves made earlier today, it's pretty obvious Stevie is straight up tanking this season. There's literally no other reason for the roster. This team is icing in Tampa. I'd be livid if I was Brome watching this team get dunked on three times in five minutes from the press box. Uh, David Withers says since the Red Wings are terrible, Evan, talk about something else terrible. Patrick Reed. Oh, don't even get me started. I hate that guy. He, he I hate that guy more than. Started. I don't think there's anyone in the NHL I hate more than Patrick Reed. And he won the tournament. I know it's I don't even know what to say everybody else has said it already uh the darkest timeline says wow Helm coming in and scoring seven goals in the third period to win really uh shows why he has uh why he's that elite first liner um <laughs> if that didn't happen then we must have slipped into the dark timeline Ugh. uh Quaz says going to land on the carrier hey that's cool Quaz flies uh jet planes and he does cool stuff would have been really cool if he, if he posted that from the cockpit no it would not please don't do that <laughs> uh, taylor tadgel says congrats and welcome to dreamland the winged wheel podcast gets to put together the lineup and lines for stevie on friday because blash is gone and gallant needs to isolate before he can coach who's in who's out and who's playing with who current injuries covid protocols in effect meaning zadina is playable if you can't tell i'm also frustrated with lineup decisions uh, sure. Why not? I'll play. Um, hmm. Zadina, Larkin, Ryan, Mantha, Fabry, Hiroshi, um, Smith, 
somebody brome god that'd be a fun line let's put let's put glenn denning there let's go for the ultimate piss off line and then the fourth line literally anybody but nielsen or philpla helm nemesnikov and oh i forgot about nemesnikov put nemesnikov's third line center no nemesnikov in glenn denning's spot hmm Helm Glendening and uh, one of our patrons will switch it every episode. Love it. Perfect. Uh, my soul says, I'm drunk. I feel bad for everyone who has to watch this. Make me feel anything, guys. Please, for the love of God, make it stop. And it looks like they hit their face off the keyboard a few times. Um, <laughs> John Schultz says, Thomas Grice is the Jimmy Howard of 2021. And that's not a knock on him or Jimmy. Uh, Callan Sitzkowski says, Bromway sent to the taxi, but we have Nielsen and Phil. This has to be intentional. Uh, Josh Terrell says this podcast is primed for a beer sponsorship again. That is all. Yeah, it's actually it might be hazardous to our health at this point. Um, John, that shouldn't be made available to us for free under any circumstance. Uh, John Schultz says a second question. Who makes the taxi decisions? The GM or the coach? So- On paper, the GM, but it works every team has that duty assigned differently. Often a coach will go to the GM and say, I want this guy or this guy. Oftentimes the GM will tell the coach most of, more often than not. It's a, it's a collaborative decision. Yeah. That's the boring answer. Cause that was the number one answer. Um, question on my timeline today was uh, who, so it's a collaborative effort, but I think what probably happens if you want to get specific about it is Blash Hill, submits what's going to be the lineup for that night so then obviously eisenman can glean who the healthy scratches are going to be and he can do whatever paper transactions are necessary just to save the red wings a few bucks on the cap so if if blashville says yeah bro sitting tonight eisenman will go okay he is not waiver eligible so we can plug him on the taxi squad for a couple days and shave a few dollars off the cap Red Wings Relativity Scale says, I have a therapy appointment tomorrow. Do I address the bill to Stevie or Blashill? Just send it straight to um, <clears throat> Franz Nielsen. Uh, Troy Stetcher's constant shit-eating expression of exasperation and disillusionment. Man, poor Troy Stetcher. Says, hey guys, uh, any of you at home following my game day drinking game on Twitter probably knows that I'm three sheets to the wind right now. Let's toast to our boy Troy. He's become a man these past two weeks and has seen some shit along the way. Why are we always surprised? There's a part of me that understands shielding players like Rass, Smith, Cholosky, and Brome from the sadness of perpetual suck. But at some point, you've got to figure, is their absence the reason for the flaming dumpster of dildos we see on display? Ordered my Stafford jersey should arrive tomorrow. Brad Holmes needs to build up the O-line and D-line to better protect Goff and defend against the run attack. Mike Babcock and Tony D'Angelo can go furk each other. At least we've got a decent draft haul from Stafford in order to speed up the rebuild process. Stay fresh, cheese bags. It's going to be a long season. Joseph, a man after my own heart. The actual Terry says, hello there. My name is Evan. Wait, no, it's Brad. Anyways, that was the quickest Red Wings game in a while. Let's talk finances. Y'all keep mentioning stonk memes. I sure hope you don't actually invest on shit like that. As someone who founded an equity group at 18 and has been invested in stocks for over 20 years, hearing you guys talk finances is worse than hearing you guys talk hockey, which is a pretty high bar. It's cringeworthy. Uh, oh, the give actual us some t- help. Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> God. For what it's worth, the actual Terry, I exclusively own all market ETFs. I am too much of a coward to do anything more fun. I'm a diamond hands tendy man. I'm I'm with Ryan, but um, like I said, I'm I'm not that deep into the meme stonks this week. But I wanted to partake in history. 
I had a bit of extra cash to throw was that around. The whole que- was that the whole question? I'm no, just, is he actually well, offering to help us? <laughs> no, he wasn't offering to help you. Yeah, no, oh, well, I'm just saying I'm not down, so... <laughs> uh, it's about to be another oh frick we lost Terry moment please stop talking nonsense and save Terry this is shitposter Ryan Hanna and I'd like to take this moment to announce my resignation from the winged wheel podcast please direct all questions to Evan hey if Evan takes on that that uh, hurdle I'll take a vacation nope yeah well. <laughs> AJ Voss says theory Blash Hill force feeds minutes to Nielsen and flip to make easy scapegoats out of players we don't have uh, to worry about developing this takes some of the flack off our younger developing guys and protects their confidence. He knows our top six and four don't hold up compared to the rest of the league, so he uses Nielsen and Philpula to make this less obvious. Do I believe this? Frick no, but sometimes you gotta lie to yourself to make the pain go away. Thanks for making the Wings content uh, Wings content that's enjoyable because the games definitely are not. Nods says, plug, suck it, Ryan Brighton, and... Oh, suck it, Ryan. Brighton and Hove brought it to your Liverpool. I was born near Brighton, so they're my default. Look, man, nothing good can happen to Liverpool this year. We used all our good juju last year, so I only assume it's going to get worse. That's our uh, podcast official uh, EPL team. Yeah, what are they? The Seagulls? The Gulls. Yeah, Gulls. let's go. Uh, oh, God, this game. My Lord, if anyone's wondering, our bottom six is PK specialist, and that's a plus, right? I don't think I can bring anything positive. However, we got uh, Bergeron still staying around a point per game in the SHL. This is a breakout performance we uh, needed to see. Could see him in Grand Rapids after SHL wraps up uh, to get used to the smaller ice in North American style. Yes, we absolutely could. Uh, I do see the negative of the AHL being more of a checking league against a skill player. No, you need to get him in the North American game, plain and simple, too, for the acclimation. Uh, Hassam Al Qasem says, "Well, today is the day, the last day of my twenties, and Detroit served me a deep dish shitza. <laughs> Maybe you guys can confirm you're making the Detroit deep dish drop past shirts and make us all feel better. We'll make them. There's just a couple other things we're working on right now that you'll see soon, but we're we're gonna make them. Cheers to surviving to thirty. Well, not until tomorrow, but whatever. Uh, Hassam, happy early birthday, and sorry that twenty nine ended on such a terrible note. But are you surprised?" Uh, Carl Y says, not a good day for the car supported players. Wings get shit on, Bertuzzi injured, Giovanni scratch, and then Dilla Rose gets sent back down to the taxi squad. Don't say anything, Ryan. You've done enough. <laughs> Fabry so was at- back tonight. Fabry was back t- tonight. Um, but she doesn't like Fabry because. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're leaning into it. Uh, looking at a more <laughs> optimistic topic, if COVID didn't exist and you had unlimited funds, what vacation are you taking? Dream big, boys. Thanks for making me laugh on my daily walks with my dog. Literally anywhere but my current house would be the dream. <laughs> um, oh, I don't know. Scotland. I'm, going to, I'm going to Scotland, and I'm playing yeah. every single freaking old course, new course. I'm never coming back. I've been, but the Highlands with a shack, a gun, and a dog, and some whiskey, that's all I care about in the mountains. I mean, my answer for the longest time was Australia. Uh, after talking with a bunch of you for the last five years, that's right off my fucking list. Uh, so we'll go, I don't know. We'll just say I want to go across Europe. I won't pick a specific country. Uh to P.S. Does anyone ever know what Mickey Redmond is saying? Yes and no, which makes it better. Uh, Andrew Williams says, hey, boys, love the pod, hate the bottom six. I genuinely want to understand what Eisman thinks is good about keeping this coaching staff um, if this horrid hockey continues. 
What's the reason for benching some of the younger guys who are actually showing flashes over the walking corpses of Franz and Stahl? What's your thoughts on that, on what justification they have for this furkery? Thanks, boys. Let's go, Red Wings. P.S. We're 11 games in and I'm already dead inside. Uh, Brad just shrugged his shoulders. And between that and what we've talked about, that's our whole answer. Uh, Moose says probably been stated, but I'm frustrated like everyone. Uh, if you tangibly upgrade many parts of a team and the team is still objectively as bad as the worst team in franchise history, it's more than just the players and it sure as hell is Neisman. Why the hell is he still giving Blashill enough rope to hang himself on what's he waiting for? I don't know. Something incredible, I guess. The pandemic to end is the actual answer. Probably. RC Tendy says, you know what Grand Rapids really needs? An NHL veteran who can show these young guys the right way to be off the ice. May I suggest Franz Nielsen? Please, please take him. There's no reason that Rasmussen, Chalowski, Smith, etc. should be playing the A over guys like Nielsen, Stahl, and Helm. Uh, Matt Whip says, first off, Brome for president. Second, we need to get hashtag Blash to the Trash trending on Twitter. The team's an absolute joke, and I stopped watching after I saw the first goal. Do you think Eisman has any input on the lines? I don't think Eisman gets in on the lines. No, uh, I, no, GM. As soon as the GM starts meddling and stuff like that, everything's going to go south. Whether or not he has the right idea, it's you yeah. just it's the coach's job. You got to let the coach do their job. Oh my god! I just saw that. I just looked up the hockey game scores, like the like the the advanced stat for the entire Red Wings Lightning game, and I I'm seeing a list, and it shows all players on the ice, and usually it goes like Red Wings opponent. Opponent, opponent, Red Wing opponent, Red Wing opponent, that kind of thing. You get through every single Lightning player besides two, which are Vasilevsky and Pat Maroon, before you get to your first Red Wing on the list. Who's the Red Wing? My morbid curiosity has to know. I'll, I'll let you guess. Mantha. Troy Stetcher. Yeah, it was going to be a high guess. That is that is incredible. Who are the bottom three? Ooh, um, <laughs> that's just not that's just not good. Uh, Thomas Grice, Bobby Ryan, and Phil Peronic from bottom to oh yeah. no, yeah, yeah, not a good night for the boys. Uh, last question here before we wrap up. Uh, I have a liquor cabinet to invade. It says Kevin McCracken or Kevin McCracken says Stevie Y either a know something the rest of us don't about his plan and this coaching staff or be as frustrated as heck by watching what's going on but feels handcuffed by COVID to bring in other staff. I don't know if there's any other explanations. I don't think the, this way of losing can continue without impacting the young guys in a negative way. Stevie has to know that. I think it's time to cut our losses, make a hire like Gallant that has to quarantine for 10 to 14 days and move on. COVID can't be an excuse for the dumpster fire this could become. Thanks, guys. You know what's funny? And and I really mean this, and I don't even mean this in an ironic way. Like I said, oh, Red Wings going to win six nothing next game. This kind of loss is going to happen throughout the season, and I genuinely believe that even if Blashill is not coming back next year, it is not going to happen mid season. Whether it's because of the pandemic or whether it's because Eisenman thinks there's literally no point in trying to improve this right now, we might as well get as high of a pick as possible. I don't think he does it till the off season. Because even think of replacing the assistant coaches, because he's not going to leave Bilesma. Well, actually, leaving Bilesma just to see the season through and then letting him go. Anyways, anyways, let's let everyone breathe. Thanks for tuning in, guys. We're going to be back on Sunday. Two more games, one against Tampa, one against Florida. So pray to whoever you pray to and drink whatever you drink and, you know, try and get some sleep. 
We're going to thank all of our listeners, our name level sponsors, uh, Arjun Shanker, uh, Eve Bartel on behalf of the Sarah Grand Foundation, Brett Bailey, Taylor Tagel, Ryan Hubbard, R.A., Zach Spring, Citizen High Five, Cody Stark, Greech, Jeremiah Dobo, Jake Kiefer, Kiefer, Tyrone Bigham's big brand big bag of snot and nose hairs. Ugh. Oh, man. Brendan. You're getting weird. Andrew Bohan, Scott Martin, Jacob Turner, Matt McKay, Craig Kibble, Brandon M., Matthew M. Rice, Luke, jo- Luke Johnson, Kalen Wood, Hana Lee, Hassam al happy birthday, Sam Bankson, uh, Kevin McCracken, Zach Van, Josh Yelton, Trevor Pevavar, Evans Bingo Card, Connor Leighton, Danny Jr., Peg Crisco, Matt Keeler, uh, Troy Stetcher's constant shit-eating expression of exasperation and disillusionment, Antonio Gracias, John Evans, Joseph Minima, Quaz, Stan Olson. Thank you all. It's going to be a long season, but we got each other. I don't know if Brad will make it, though. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to the Winged Wheel Podcast. Be sure to check out wingedwheelpodcast.com, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll also find links to other ways to support the show, such as Patreon, official podcast apparel, and more. And don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at Winged Wheel Pod. And of course, the hosts at Brad Crisco, at Ryan Hanna WWP, and at Hockey Town Evan.